And welcome back to the For Films Like Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Shea, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And Whoa. today... <laughs> yeah, that was smooth, right? No, it, just sound, it sounds very very much different, but like, it's sort of like a little echoey, but we're, we're here. Yeah, we're, we're here. I think right. I think what happened is I, I figured out a way for our monitor to not get disengaged. Mm, okay. So I think we just have a better monitor. All right. Now. All right. But what the fuck ever, we'll, we'll hey. figure it out. Let me check my preferences. I mean... Uh, I think we're good. We're yeah, good. We'll right. yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're good. We'll be all right. Anyway, welcome back for Films Like Podcast. Hells yeah. Uh, today we're going to talk about Snatch, but before we do any of that, you know the, you know the deal. Uh, ketchup, mustard, condiment. Yeah. Now the added one of ass, which is going to be in that joke now for mm. as long as I can remember. All right. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm sick as fuck. Mm. Um, so if you hear coughing, sniffling, or cracking voice, uh, fuck you. I'm sick. That's what that is. So <laughs> and I can never not be sick and mm. not be angry about it. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Every time I get sick, the process of me going sick, it starts with me going like, fuck, I think I'm getting sick. Mm. Fuck, I'm sick. Yep. God damn it, I'm fucking sick. Yep. Oh, I think I'm getting better. Fuck yeah, I'm not sick anymore. It's just complete uh, rage and like all the five steps of sickness. Yeah. And I can't get away from it. No, no. Have you ever like been like laying down in bed, covered in a blanket with a fever, mm. just under your breath going like, fuck, fuck. The yeah. entire time. Oh yeah, yeah that, that's me when I'm sick. There's a scene in um, and what's what's the movie? It's um, the guy from Step Brothers. Um, John C. Riley or John C. Riley. John C. Riley is in a in a movie with uh, Jenna Fisher from uh from The Office. I can't remember what the name of the movie is. I know what movie you're talking about, though, but like I can't remember the, the Dewey name Cox story. Uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Okay. And uh, and in it, he um, he's trying to overcome a uh, a drug addiction, a heroin addiction, is what it is. So um, he's in a bed, and then he was like, "He's too cold. He needs more blankets." And he's sitting there shivering, and they put the blankets on him, and then they, they cut the scene, come back. He was like, "It's too hot. We have to remove these blankets. It's too hot." <laughs> and then and then they come back to him again. He was like, "He's both too hot and too cold. He needs more blankets and less blankets." <laughs> you know, and that's. How you, how you feel it's just like you're sitting there sweating your ass off you take the blanket off and then you're freezing yep. to fucking death put the blanket back on and you're sweating it's like what the fuck am I supposed to do right now yeah you're just supposed to be miserable yeah. for the entire time there's no fixing it no you just sit there and then you take it you gotta deal with it yeah I, I hate being sick especially when it's like like if I have diarrhea mm. I get it I'm committed to being that sick mm. you know Mm-hmm. Like if if water is leaking out of my asshole, yeah, oh yeah, I'm committed that my whole day is gonna spend here. Okay, right. But a cold, there's like stages to a cold. Like there's like when you, before you get like debilitatingly sick, there's a couple of a couple of days mm-hmm. where you're just like, okay, I can do shit. Yeah, and then you go yeah. ahead and you do that shit right up until the point where you just can't where do can't shit do anymore. After that. Yeah. And then once you get past that, you're still sick as fuck. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you can still do shit again. Mm. And I can never find that line of, like, like doing stuff while sick while being not able to do stuff. Mm. And it, the, being, the being so sick that you can't do shit always strikes me when I'm in the middle of doing shit. Yeah. So I'm, like, at school just working on computers and suddenly it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It just hits me like a fucking brick. So I'm sick. Which means that you get to hear a weird voice from me that eventually cracks. However, I do find out that whenever I'm sick, sometimes I get, by accident, a good uh, trailer guy voice. Okay. Know? All right. You know, the, in a world. Oh, yeah. All right. That, that yeah. <laughs> sometimes I get to do that really well. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's an upside. What, what is, have you been up to? Is, is your mic in? Say something again one more time. In a world. Okay. There oh, it goes. Yeah, my mic's in. All right. It's I wasn't cool. hearing you as loud for some reason. Right, shut up for a second. In a world. Yeah, we're good. All right. 
All right, there we go. All right. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I mean, this has been a weird week overall. I've been preparing for a car inspection. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I hate <laughs> the whole. You say that like you have to like, like practice for it. Yeah, like, see, all right. So, so the, the thing is, I have uh, tenant windows on my car. Mm-hmm. And uh, backstory, when I went to get these windows tenant, and uh, the guy asked me, he's like, do you want legal tent or illegal tent? I was like, I beg your fucking um, Illegal? <laughs> I was like, you could just ask me. To, what, what? I was like, so if it's illegal, then I can make it darker, and you're willing to do that? And he was like, yeah, it's whatever you want, sure. So I was like, yeah, go ahead and put the illegal tent on there. Fuck yeah, make it dark. I want it dark as fuck. Do that shit, you know? So so that's that's been on my car for the year, and and, and then I'm, I'm going to go get my, my car inspected, and I go up last week to, like, a legit car inspection place, and they're like, uh, nah, bro, like, your your windows are way too tinted, so you, you got to go get the windows, the tent taken off, and then we can do an inspection, then you can pay and we'll do all that. So I'm like, what the fuck, man? It was like, I don't want to pay another couple hundred dollars to get the tent removed, right. then I have to deal with that and then go back there. So I'm like, let me find a, a way around that. So <laughs> in, in, my fi- in my trying to find a way around it, I was hooked up with a bootleg man who says that um, he, he'll bypass the uh, the window tent. Don't even worry about any of that type stuff. Can I just say that bootleg man sounds like the, you know, the, the sounds like something out of like Florida man or something? Like Florida like man. Y'all, didn't, y'all never had bootleg yeah. mans before growing up? Uh, I didn't. Like a like a hustle man, like um like anytime y'all want anything, you ha- you went directly to the store. There wasn't a guy that was that's like a um like a flea market like man, yeah, side yeah. guy type guy. We didn't have that. There, there weren't a yeah. huge thing back where I grew up in Puerto Rico. Okay, there were in other parts of Puerto Rico, but yeah. I never used one. Okay, yeah, that's I grew up in a super poor yeah. area, so like that was always prominent in my entire life growing up. It was like uh, you want a pair of shoes, you can't afford to go to the store and buy those shoes. We'll get you the exact same pair of shoes, twenty dollars. They're the exact same pair in air quotes. Right. They yeah. are not. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah, like bootleg man is like what really supplied my life growing up. So I'm very familiar with, with dealing with these people. But um, this morning, like uh, he told me to come to a, to a shop at 10 o'clock in the morning. I got there and it's like the sketchiest hole in the wall. And it's right on Old Stakesford Road, right up the road from where we're at. Right. And you would never even know that it's there. Pass by it every day, you know, but it's just like right off in the cut. You know, so I, so I go in there. Well, I park my car and then he pulls up and I've never seen the guy before. I've just been connected through a phone number right. and talk to him and I pull my car over there where I see the address on the door and I just stand there and then a black guy gets out and then I was like hey um, I had a friend that said that uh, you would be able to take care of me you know with my car and so with the like inspection <laughs> yeah hey you'll be able to take care of me right with my car yeah. <laughs> and, <that>. and then <laughs> but, but then he just looks at me and then looks at my car and then kind of makes one of those uh, like the you know the Indian head nod things mm-hmm. to where they're not shaking their head yes or no they just, just kind of single, it's just yeah. kind of oh. like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he gave me one of those like a side to side because I'm like what the fuck is that is that a yes or a no like you didn't really acknowledge me kind of thing and he just walks away and then walks into the shop and I'm just still standing there then I'm like was that like not the right guy was that like just a mechanic and not right. the person I'm supposed to be talking to so then another guy comes out and then I was like hey um, so and so sent me they said that you will be able to look out for me you know my car situation uh, this is the name of the person so you know that person this person sent me and then he was like okay yeah um, what's the name I'll take care of you I'm like alright 
So I'm still standing there outside. Mm -hmm. Standing there for a good 10 minutes or so. Then a guy comes, the exact same guy comes back out. And he's like, you know, I really hate cigarettes. I, I fucking hate cigarettes. And then he bends down to pick up like a cigarette butt. Mm -hmm. And then puts it in like the thing. He was like, I just hate fucking cigarettes so much. They stink. And they get littered everywhere. And I'm like, does he think that I've been out here smoking cigarettes and throwing cigarette butts all over his area or something? Right. Like, That's what the a fuck? weird assumption to make. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, and, and, and then I'm like, well, I don't smell like cigarettes. I've been smoking cigarettes. So whatever. Like yeah. whoever did that. All right. So then um, I, he, he says that for a minute. He was like, all right, well, you can come on in if you want. And I go into, like, the, the building area, and there's, like, a black lady. She looks like she's, like, between 19 and 40. And... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, How does that happen? Because, like, she, she has, like, a young frame, but, like, looks like she's just been, like, beaten down by life, like, hard as fuck. So it's like, you can't really tell. Like, she looks way older than she should be. And, like, her eyes are baggy. But, like, you can tell she's not really older than, like, 25 or right. so. But she looks old as fuck, you know? It's like she's, she's seen some shit. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, she's just she's sitting down on a small couch. And she's taking up the whole area. And I walk in, and I'm just standing there. And the guy's just talking and talking. Then I finally just walk over. I'm like, uh, can you move some of your stuff over? I want to have a seat. And then she begrudgingly does that, and we sit there in silence for like 10 minutes as she's staring at her phone, nobody's saying anything to me. So then the, the, guy, the, the guys at the bootleg man finally goes over to look at my car. Then he was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah um, you, you, need, you need a car inspection. I'm like, motherfucker, why do you think that I'm here? <laughs> you, you're looking over at my car, and you're telling me that my car needs an inspection? No fucking shit it needs an inspection. Yeah. That's why I'm here. Can you inspect my car and pass it? Can you pass the inspection? Like, don't, like I could have went to the regular people yeah. and just and did this and been done in 30 minutes. I want you to pay out your notebook right now and say, you passed the car. Yes, and tell me how much money to give you yeah. for that, and then I'll be out of the way because I know my car isn't legit because if it was, I would have took it to a legit place. Right, yeah. You know? So he goes through it. It's like, oh, well, um, you know, I'm doing this special. Oh, it looks like it, it failed even outside of the uh, the window tent. We can get past the tent, but uh, the car the car inspection failed. Uh, looks like it's your catalytic converter. Now, Anyone who's listening, converter, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like that is just the most bullshit thing ever. Like if you've ever gotten your car inspection, they're always gonna tell you it's your fucking catalytic converter, and yeah. it never is. It's usually like a clock sensor, an O2 sensor, but they want to remove the top manifold of your engine, which is gonna cost you hundreds of dollars in labor yep. to place in this small hundred dollar piece part and then put it back together. So. Ultimately, they want to charge me seven hundred and fifty fucking dollars to do that, and then do the inspection. I'm like, you know what? Fuck off. How about that? You yeah. know, just just fuck off. He was like, oh, so so what are you gonna do then? You uh, know, what, <laughs> what what are you gonna do? You're not gonna give us money. He was like, and then this was the thing. He was like, you know, you just give me the seven fifty, and then I'll order it from FedEx, and then the, it'll be here by next week, and then I'll pass You're your inspection. You're never gonna see those seven fifty. I, I mean, it was yeah. just like it, it, exactly. He wants seven hundred fifty dollars for him to write that I passed, basically. Right. Yeah. You know, and I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, so now I'm just gonna go get my window tent removed, go to a legit place, and have to deal with that shit. Out. Yeah, white man's <laughs> only gonna charge me three hundred dollars. <laughs> You know, and that's what's um, fucked up. You know? I'm so sorry. That no, sounds I mean, awful. What's, what's awful, this is the, the awful thing about it, though, for me, is that, like, the bootleg community is, like, that's really what we relied on. When I say we, it's just, like, I mean, poor black people. Right. Like, it's, like, that's the system we relied on. It's, like, okay, we're not, we're, we're not at a point that we can afford to have cable, so the bootleg man comes over and gives us bootleg cable. Right, you yeah. know, it's, like, or you we're not in a place where we can afford these shoes, so the bootleg man is selling these shoes. We can't go to the barbershop and pay 20 bucks. A bootleg man can cut your hair for seven. You know, so, it's like, we've always had that 
in our community other black people that were helping each other out. Right. Yeah. And and now it's just like, no, we're not trying to help you out. Fuck you. We're trying to screw you over, and you know, and and, and big up ourselves. So I'm like, I, I, it makes me, it hurts me because it gives me less reason to put money back into the community, my right, own yeah. community. You know, just like, what the fuck, man? I can see that. I can see why that's annoying. That pissed me but up. also, fuck that guy. <laughs> Definitely fuck yeah. that guy, man. Like, well, I, don't, I don't know what he was on, man. Fuck that. I, uh, yeah, no, we never had bootleg men back in Puerto Rico. Like, I never used them. Like, we had them. Yeah. But I never, I, we never used them. I mean, y'all were, y'all were like, pretty well off. Yeah, we know? were, we were, like, upper middle class back yeah. home. Like, if you can afford to go to the mall, like, you don't need to be buying, like, fake Jordans. Right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, also, I didn't buy Jordans. No, 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 of course not. Yeah. I don't have any Jordans either. But I, I bought know. like I bought like cheap fucking Walmart shoes. Mm. <laughs> I just not care about shoes. No, I mean it's, it was just a matter for like shoes, yeah, yeah, not no, specifically. Yeah, mean. yeah. Uh, this was it's fucking one of those things. I did boot like a lot of my Xbox. I had a boot like man for that. There we go. Yeah, yeah or music Xbox. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was my own boot, like man for music. I was too. Remember, Napster. remember fucking Limewire? Oh, you were in the Napster generation. Uh, you know how old I am? Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I was around before <laughs> the internet, <laughs> like literally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's literally fuck. That's literally true. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, fucking. Did you watch anything? This yeah, weekend? I finished Love. I finally finished oh, yeah. it all the way how done with that? it. Uh, it's very, very good. It's, it's it's weird how it ends, how each season ends. The last season ended on a terrible note, but you knew things were going to get better. This season right. ended on an amazing note. Um, if, if you guys watched, they got married. Um, the two main characters from Love got married at the end of this season. Nice. So it ended. The season was great. Everything was happy, and it ended on a great note. But you know that it's all filled with lies. Right. Like, there's so many lies underneath that you know next season is just watching it all shit. fall apart, be shit again. So it's just weird how the, how they show the seasons, you this know? This was uh, season three, right? That was season three, so yeah. I, so I guess I did, like, one happy season, one fucked up season. Kind of, yeah. And it's like, usually you'll get, like, an arc to where it's like, okay, things are going good, they're going good, they're going good. Midway point of the season, okay, things are starting to fall apart and go right. bad. You'll get the arc in one season. But now the way that they split it up is just where all your things are just good for this season, but they're showing the undercurrent of why it actually isn't, but don't right. bring it to the forefront. But, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed Love a lot. Check that out on Netflix if you guys haven't. That's pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. What about I, you? I have not been able to see anything. I was doing my finals. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, there was finals week for me. So, I had a photo shoot mm -hmm. uh, to do for my finals. I did it with Sage. I can right. show you the pictures later. They came out pretty fucking cool. Nice. Uh, I've been working at school and just, like, sending mm -hmm. in pictures and doing photo work. That's yeah. really all I've been doing. Oh, yeah. So, I haven't had time to watch a single goddamn thing that isn't, like... Forensic Files at the end of the day while I fall asleep. Okay. You know? Which I love, by the way. Forensic Files is an amazing television show. Anything like true crime mm. is fucking phenomenal. Okay. I love it. All right. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't really watched anything apart from Snatch uh, mm. like this week. Yeah. Or anything like that. I want to get back into Jessica Jones, mm. and, but other than that. No rush on that. Yeah. Oh, ooh. No, no, it's, it's seriously not bad, and it's, I, I don't really know how to how to clarify that either, because, like, I guess if you go back, you recently watched season one of Jessica yeah, Jones season again. season one was really good. It, very, very good. Yeah. Now, put, put yourself in the mindset of you've never seen Jessica Jones before, and the first two to three episodes of Jessica Jones going in blind of the first season is nothing like knock your socks off, wow, this right, is amazing, yeah. but once you get into the season and get into the meat of the show, you're like, oh, okay, I get this, this is actually good. Yeah. You know, and season two doesn't build off that momentum, Right. you know, so you're kind of back at square one, and it was like, okay, I don't really know if this is that good. What what am I getting into? So season two is just as good, but in a completely different, different way. way. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm into that. I kind of yeah. like the neo-noir vibe that yeah. they're, they're getting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, it's pretty much all, all I've done. Like, I did photo work. Yeah. And then I, I pretended to watch shit while I fell asleep, and then you, I... You didn't see any of Dragon Ball? 
No, I saw one episode one thirty. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't mm-hmm. seen one thirty one. I don't know if it's that, come out yet. That would have came out tonight. It comes out tonight. It comes out tonight. Yeah. I'm absolutely gonna watch that. Show. Oh yeah, because episode one thirty was badass as fuck. Mm-hmm. Seventeen and freezer back. Oh, what? Not only that, but like that whole bit where Goku just like fucking kicked Jiren's ass, like just ass. He yeah. just pounded him into the ground. Yep. Uh, literally, and it was yeah. fucking phenomenal. That screenshot of Ultra Instinct Goku like punching Jiren. <sighs> you you posted that screenshot on Twitter like the day before I seen the the episode like it didn't spoil anything at all right. but then when I seen the episode I was like you're fucking right like yeah. that that is like one of the better like screenshots of a scene of Dragon Ball that I've seen just in general, in general. it's yep. fucking awesome his eyes like are so fucking intense they don't look like a normal Goku yeah you know, right. because he's not normal at that point and, you know but the reason I love that is just because like at that point he was fighting mm. but he wasn't like really really fighting he was just oh, no. Fighting up to like the best that he could, but then he tried to hurt his friends. Mm-hmm. It was just like, nah, bitch, you're going down. Yep. And he got fucking real. Yeah. Second. Yeah. Phenomenal. You could see it in his eyes. They had another shot that was uh, right before that one. It was the fist punching into Jern's face. Yep. I love that that shot too. <laughs> so fucking good. Yeah, man. So Dragon Ball Super has been phenomenal. That's yeah. I, I've I've seen the shit out of that. Yeah. Cannot wait for the new episode. Hell yeah. I think that's the ending. That's the last yeah, episode. That's the last episode. One thirty one. Yeah. We're gonna get a movie. Yeah. Uh, after that, and yep. the animation's a lot more simplified. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited as fuck for. For that shit. It's I mean, be fun. I'm excited for it, but I'm just like disappointed that now we gotta wait another ten years for a new season of yeah. Dragon Ball. This is true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. God, that's, that makes me sad. Like I've been watching the show since I was like nine years old, watching Dragon Ball. Then I had to wait until I was a teenager to watch Dragon Ball Z, and then I had to wait until my twenties to watch Dragon Ball GT, and now <laughs> in my thirties to be watching Dragon Ball <laughs> Super. Super. So by the time I'm forty, <laughs> I'll get to you see get what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I started watching Dragon Ball Z when I was like about nine. Yeah, and like GT came out when I was like a teenager, mm. and that Super came out in my early twenties. So yeah. we're on the same fact. Yeah. Mm. That's fucking. That's fucking awesome. Dragon Ball takes its time. Man, it's it's good. So you know, fucking watch it. Hell yeah! That is an anime that made it to thirty three point five thousand retweets mm. on the day that that episode came out. I bet that's amazing. Hell yeah! For an anime like that's such a specific niche yeah. of content. Fucking people were retweeting like crazy. Oh yeah, I mean, like, like I said, it has that staying power, like over thirty years. So it's that's like, yeah, right. it's, it's it's ingrained in people. Get it, Toriyama. Get yeah. yeah. It. Anyway, I think we're going to cut with the opening and then move back to Snatch in the next bit. So we'll we'll be right back. <laughs> it's your first time? <laughs> I, man. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think we're going to do the thing next. Like, I don't know. Maybe. Every, <laughs> every Saturday or Sunday is my first time. I mean, that's just the way that it's going to be. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm kind of new here. I'm not yeah. sure what the rules are, but I think we'll cut right now and maybe we'll get to the body. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we're kind of winging it. <laughs> And welcome back for Filmsick Podcast. God, my sick voice is awful. Hey. I'm sorry for putting you all through that. Um, but I would, uh, fuck it, you listen to the show. I've been sick before. Many times, yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <night. Same> <laughs> all right, what's up? Give me the rundown. And Snatch. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's a Guy Ritchie film, and it is freaking, t- it's amazing. I mean, not 
Well, we're going to get into it. Next. It's a snatch. It's a rated R movie. Came out in 2000. It's a crime film thriller. It's a one hour and 44 minute runtime. Uh, the rundown is an unscrupulous boxing promoter, a violently violent bookmakers, a Russian gangster, incompetent amateur robbers, and so a supposedly Jewish jeweler fight <laughs> to track down a priceless stolen diamond. Uh, it's from the writer-director Guy Ritchie. It stars Benicio Del Toro as Frankie Fourfingers, Brad Brad Pitt as Mickey O'Neill, Jason Statham as Turkish, and Stephen Graham as Tommy. Is that it? This one? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, the movie just seems so much like it had so much more going on than that rundown that it caught me off guard. Oh, every yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're not going to give it all to you in the rundown. Um, this movie's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. I, this yeah. is my first Guy Ritchie movie. Mm -hmm. I have not seen a Guy Ritchie movie before this, mm -hmm. and I am glad to say that this is... Like, listen, okay, you give me, you give me a bunch of Brits mm -hmm. and a bunch of, like, Irishmen. Yeah. And, you know, a crime thriller, and I'm going to fucking love it. That's I, just the way it's going to work. No, yeah, I, I figure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, last week, I was like, you haven't seen Guy Ritchie? Let me introduce you to what is about to be a great thing in your life. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he's awesome, man. So fucking funny. Yeah. Incredibly well edited. Ooh. Gorgeously written. Mm -hmm. Fucking phenomenally acted. Yes. Movie. Mm-hmm. And did I say gorgeously directed? Yeah, oh yeah. Because it's fucking gorgeously directed. Mm -hmm. I, uh, the the movie's focus about it's about this like heist that people want to take this diamond. Yeah. And Benicio del Toro has taken the diamond from I don't know who the fuck he took the diamond from. Yeah, they they're initially dressed up as uh, rabbis right. you know, <laughs> at the opening of the movie. And uh, trying to be as inconspicuous as possible, just talking about the Bible and whatever, just pretending that these rabbis, even holding on to character, staying in character while they're on the elevator, just still right. talking about random Jewish stuff. And then they get up to the top floor wherever they're going and they rob the fuck out of them. <laughs> that introduction sequence is mm. probably one of my favorites because nice. we see them entering the building. And mm. then after they enter the building, we see them through the security yep. monitors. Yep. And just like. How amazing of an idea it is to instead of just show you what they're doing in the elevators, mm -hmm. just know because it, it imparts like a certain like sense of mystery. It's just like, why are we seeing them through a security camera? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. This is a really cool aesthetic shot. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, it's like, oh, that's why they fucking yeah. <laughs> stole open the place. Yeah. It's like an 84 carat fucking diamond. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest of the movie is just people trying to get this fucking diamond. Yeah. It's just everybody. The Russian guy that they were with uh, sends Frankie Four Fingers. Mm -hmm. Benicio del Toro, who was not, was, I was surprised. I thought he was going to be in the movie for a lot. He he much. was, but the the rest of the movie, he had a bag over his head. Right. <laughs> 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 but I thought it's really funny. It's like they made a big deal out of him at the beginning of the mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. And then when the two black dudes are working the pawn shop are going to go get the that's gonna steal the briefcase from him. Yeah. They accidentally like hit the van that he was in yep. and then he gets knocked out. Yeah. And he just stays there for like a solid 20 minutes of movie. Yeah. Like how, how the fuck do you not see a big fucking van? It's not a bag of peanuts. <laughs> it was a funny angle. <laughs> Tyrone, it's behind you. Things come from behind when you're in reverse. <laughs> and he was so confident about his parking too. Like you got this? No, I got this. Yeah, yeah I got this. It's, it's a little tight. You can park a fucking fighter jet in there. Yeah. I, there's some like okay. There's something about just like Brits in crime movies mm -hmm. that will always make me fucking happy. Oh yeah. We've yeah. seen this over and over again. It's in fucking in Bruges. Mm -hmm. It's in fucking like you know the Edgar Wright movies, the Cornetto trilogy. It's in there. I just love something about British gangsters talking and communicating with each other, especially mm. with the dialogue that Guy Ritchie mm. 
pops up in this movie, it's fucking phenomenal. Like Jason Statham is probably one of my favorite characters in this movie. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I fucking love him. Hey, what's up with the sausage? <laughs> you said it was two minutes, five minutes ago. Yeah, two, like five minutes ago. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the body language from Jason Statham, mm. it's just like, like Jason Statham is a great actor. I, I he's a good really actor. Like him, he's good. But like in what he does, I know that he does like the same thing over and over. Yeah, for what he does, he's right. great at what he does. Okay, right. yeah, yeah. And and so, but every time I see Jason Statham in a movie, I get excited because okay. I know I'm just gonna enjoy his fucking yeah, oh yeah, stupid ass like English accent. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and like this, this is like early Jason Statham. This is before Crank and yep. all the other stuff before he really the got big. The transporter, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think the way this movie starts out with the rabbi is really good. But mm. then we have another like introduction, which is like the voiceover from Jason Statham. Yep. It's like, uh, this is me. My name's Turkish. Mm. I was like named after like an airplane crash. Mm. Not a lot of people have a name after an airplane crash. This is Tommy, whatever. That voiceover introduction that they have. Yeah. Which in a lot of movies isn't great. But I feel like for this type of movie where it's all sort of ridiculous and we're switching back and forth between perspectives mm -hmm. and seeing shit that happened 15 minutes ago from another person's perspective where we're still like moving linearly through the movie and yeah. it all connects to each other. That kind of voiceover really helps because it kind of ties how everyone, uh, like everyone else fits into the picture. Mm. Despite the fact that Turkish was not even really the main character. Like it was, it's an ensemble. It's an ensemble, like yeah. Yeah. So like there's no real main character, but. Turkish is that unifying force. It reminded me a bit about uh, what's the movie we watched? I think it's Val Kilmer and um, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It reminded me a bit of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang as far as uh, the narration tying everything together and it's just so silly and so many things going on that you don't mind someone narrating over the top to t tie everything together. So right. I mean, like I love Jason Statham narration. Like and, and like we like we learned in film school. As soon as you hear narration over something, automatically you think, oh, shitty writer. Someone doesn't know how to write. <laughs> you know, why, why do you have, you know, someone telling you what you can't visually tell yourself? You right. know, but with certain movies and this one in particular, it heightens this type of movie. Because without it, you'd really have no idea mm. what would be happening. Because the, the fact that you know what Jason Statham is thinking because he's telling you yeah. is, uh, is probably why we get a lot of the emotional, how to say, the emotional balance of the movie. Because mm. we only hear Jason Statham's thoughts. The yeah. movie follows his point of view pretty good. Yep. Um, but when he's like uh, at Bricktop's place and he's walking through the pigs, yeah, and he's having a conversation with Bricktop, but we hear the narration like, at the same time. He's like, you, you, don't, you don't like me, do you, boy? And he was like, oh, why, why do you think that? He was like, I know, I do know, I don't like this fucking place. <laughs> Smells like shit. <laughs> you know, like through his through his own uh, thoughts and stuff. Like, yeah, man. Can I take care of you? Mm -hmm. Can you take care of me by getting me the fuck, fuck out of here. here. <laughs> like that, those little moments of characterization tells mm -hmm. you just like what kind of person Jason Statham's character is. Mm -hmm. And then, like, why he keeps going back into this life. Why doesn't he try to run away? Mm -hmm. You know, like, it, it grounds him as a character that does really well. And then, by him being kind of the straight man, mm -hmm. you get to have all of these ridiculous characters. A lot of like them, Like, yeah. the two uh, pawn shop keepers. You get to have Mickey. Mm -hmm. uh, and you get to have um, Bricktop, mm -hmm. which are all so over the top. And then the New Yorking guy. They're also over the top and also exaggerated sort of stereotypes of what they represent. Mm. But because Jason Statham is grounded as the the, nar the narrative character, the mm. one that you're supposed to feel with, oh, yeah. then all of those people start feeling like, oh, fuck, they're here and I have to deal with them. You yeah. know? And, and that's a really amazing feat in terms of writing. 
I mean, I'm I'm always been a big fan of dialogue in any movie that I've ever watched, and while I'm a big fan of Woody Allen, uh, Guy Ritchie and his dialogue it rivals the thing that I that I love from Quentin Tarantino, early Quentin Tarantino. Like the dialogue is so witty, fast paced, back and forth, and it's goddamn hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's just like there's not you can't go through 45 seconds of any moment in the movie a movie of dialogue where you can't catch something that's very funny. Yep. You know, in it. So, I mean, wh- whether that be something that was just purposely supposed to be a joke or just a miscommunication, like, you like dags? Like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, uh, what do you mean you like dogs? You like dags? Like, oh, dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like dogs. Uh, but I, I like a caravan better. <laughs> so it's like that's it's like there's not an inherent joke in there. It's just a miscommunication, right. you know. So like there's no there's no point in the dialogue that you become like I'm kind of getting bored, right? In yeah. any, at any point in the movie, because it's always snappy so and snappy. always moves fast, yeah. and every character is always communicating something, whether yeah. or not that something is important. Yeah, anything. whether whether that's moving the story along at any at, at all, you're getting something that's keeping you engaged in the movie for long enough to like okay, now we're moving the story along again, right? Yeah. Uh, I think my thing, my favorite uh, moments of uh, dialogue is when, the, and I'm getting ahead, but it's when the Russian comes back after being kidnapped again, and he's walking to the house, and it's just like, well, I'm just gonna fucking tell him that I want a gun that fucking works, and then Jason Statham goes like, hey, you certainly got the minerals, Tommy. <laughs> he walks by, yeah. and the guy just grabs him by the balls. You certainly told him. Yeah. Him. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's 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 take it back. So like Benicio del Toro steals the eighty four carat diamond. Eighty six, yeah. Uh, was eighty four? Eighty four, yeah. Okay. And then uh, one of the Russian guys that works with him sentenced to Boris to get a gun. Mm-hmm. And then they go like, oh, by the way, this guy likes gambling. Some mention a gamble. The yep. guy's into it. Yep. And the idea is to steal the diamond from Frankie Benicio, Four Fingers. From Frankie Four Fingers. Yeah. Do you know why they call him Frankie fucking Four Fingers? Because he makes stupid bets with very dangerous men, and when he doesn't pay up, they fucking give him the chop. And I don't mean his fucking foreskin either. <laughs> Which is funny because he's talking to a guy who Jewish. claims to be Jewish, <laughs> but is not. <laughs> That's another thing. Yeah. The, way that, the way that the narration introduces all the characters, because the first other character that we see Apart from Frankie Four Fingers mm. and Benicio del Toro, yep. I mean that's the same guy. And uh, uh, Jason Statham mm. is is the the Jewish guy. Yeah. And Bricktop, and we see we see an iteration of Jason Statham going through. This is what this guy is. This is what you never want to do mm. with him. This is why you never want to be in his pockets. Yeah, you know, you never want to be. He's a dangerous man. You never want to be in his debt because then if you're in his debt, then you're in his pocket. Right. And if you're in his pocket, you're never getting out of his pocket. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so like those little like pieces of dialogue. Give you the characterization that would have taken five minutes of conversations to characterize. Yeah. So you save time as a writer, and then you just constantly just fucking snapping the, the movie forward. There is um I don't I don't often like comparing uh, movies in in like a negative light, mm-hmm. but there's one movie that that we I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, Jonathan introduced us to it. I think it was Martin Scorsese. Silent was Silent. that the one where you had the two um the two priests? Yeah. Yeah. They when when they opened Silent with the two priests, and then you have so much um. Just, just, just explaining who these people are for like thirty fucking minutes, yeah. and and when this movie opened, Jason Statham explains who Tommy is in less than forty five seconds. Oh, yeah. You know, he's playing. This is basically my brother. I give him shit. It keeps him on his toes. You know, but we're always here for each other, and that's what that is. Yeah. You know, and like, bow. Okay, so they're tight. There's not gonna be any kind of bullshit between them. They're good. So it's like, all right, I got what I need to know. Like the like they open the movie grandly. Like I yeah. love that. And it, it's efficient, it's mm-hmm. effective, and you know exactly what you're getting into as soon as you walk in. Yeah. Um, 
so Frankie Four Fingers goes to the bet mm. thing, and the and the idea is that the Russians knew each other, mm. and then Boris hires the two black shon, sh- pawn shop the pawn shop people, guys, yeah, uh, to steal the briefcase from Frankie. this guy from Frankie, mm. and then he was going to steal the bookies' money too. Yep, and so that would have paid for for the, the pawn shop guys, yeah. Uh, but they would they should have they would have never opened the case at the money been there at the yeah. bookies place yeah but the fact that jason statham uh lost because tommy wanted to buy a caravan yep uh jason statham wanted to buy a caravan uh so that they could run the office from they could run the illegal boxing from a better place mm-hmm. they went over to the like the pikeys the pikeys yeah. place i fucking hate pikeys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they go over to the pikeys place and then gorgeous george which is the one that was going to fight in the fight for bricked up which yeah. is going to make them a lot of money mm. Uh, and not being bricked up's death, yeah. uh, gets knocked out and hospitalized, and now they have to find another fighter. Oh man! Which is Mickey, mm. uh, the the Irish guy, which I fucking love the way Brad Pitt. <laughs> I mean, he was Brad Pitt. <laughs> Fuck me. Brad Pitt did his like that was like how Jason Statham was your guy in this one. Brad Pitt is like this is top three favorite Brad Pitt movies out oh, so for good. me. Love Brad Pitt, but I mean, I loved even more like I said how how quick and efficient they are with um, introducing characters and introducing worlds. By the time they get over to these Pikes, immediately you know what kind of people these are without even seeing Brad Pitt. Right. You know, he, they they pull up the jeep and then it's just surrounded by kids, kids everywhere, dirt. You know, they're, they're outside in the middle of the wilderness. You know, everybody has these uh, like Cockney Cockney accents. Yeah. You know, the, the Pikey guys. So the kids are all over there and they're like, um, "Yeah, you want me to go get somebody for you? Oh yeah, I'll go get them." It was like, "All right, so uh, what you?" waiting for you said he's gonna go get him i'm waiting for the fucking five quid that you're gonna give me <laughs> he was like five quid no fuck off he was like i have a 250 250 no i'll give you one he was like oh you're a cheap fuck aren't you <laughs> and then they're they're cutting to brad pitt and he's overhearing all of this yep. you know just trying to see what kind of people he's working with who was like okay he's gonna give the kid a, a quid like all right you know so he gets up and then makes his introduction and it's very clever on uh, on uh, guy richie's part mm-hmm. how he kind of avails all of their ulterior motives through the entire movie. Like they, by the end, we'll get to who is really in charge of this operation. (laughs) (laughs) And I think when Brad Pitt walks into the frame, first of all, I know Brad Pitt. Like I haven't seen this movie from Brad Pitt. This is Mm. early Pitt. Oh yeah, yeah. This is like what, his first, third uh, like top, like because uh, Stillman Louise was his first. So I mean, this is this has to be like, like young. fifth or sixth. Yeah, this uh, is young Brad Pitt. So the, like Brad Pitt in, in this movie, I seen Brad Pitt before. I didn't expect to see such like a convincing like stereotypical like Irishman accent coming from him, mm-hmm. and it was just fucking phenomenal to see like he embodied that sort of rough Irish boxer persona. Yeah, you know, it's like oh, fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, the way that he spoke so quickly. Again, Jason Statham and Tommy narrating. Uh, the whole experience of like why you should never trust a pikey mm. or do all of that. You already know what kind of person he is. You already know that they're hustlers. They're gonna do whatever they need. Yep. And so when they drive away with the caravan that they get, you know, the fucking wheels fall off immediately, which yep. is the reason why they were selling it in the first. In place. the first place, what the fuck do I want with a caravan with no wheels? <laughs> 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 it was. You bought it how you saw it. Now nobody brings a man that big unless they want to say something without saying it. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh yeah. And then it was like, oh, you you want to fight? If you want to fight about it, and I was like, fuck yeah, Brad. It was like, and, and it's just like, from as soon as you see that, then you immediately go back to 
him, Brad Pitt, seeing the big man get out of the um, get out of the vehicle in the first place, and the children coming up, and they was like, "Oh, that's a big man. That's a really big man, huh?" And he was like, "How big are you?" And then he asked one of the kids, who was like, "How how big is that man? What do you think?" And then the kid was like, uh, "He's an awful big man." He's like, "Sure is." And, you know, so think, thinking about that and right. that interaction, and then not knowing that he's a, a bare knuckle boxing champion, yep. that he's sizing the guy up or anything. And then Brad Pitt was like, "Oh, y'all guys, come in. We'll get you a drink." And then he goes to the big man and kind of like slaps him on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Another just sizing him up type of thing you know then by the time for where they actually do get to the fight and he knocks him the fuck out and then all the children like all the community are there looking at this large huge man that a person in their community was able to take down yep. so it was just going back to the beginning like those kids know when they see this big man you see how big that man is that's a big man right and <laughs> then you take that fucker down yeah and, and they all know <laughs> that <laughs> you know beforehand it was just like wow bro <laughs> it's good I really love going back to that fighting scene where like Brad Pitt and Gorgeous George are gonna fight. Yeah, I love how Gorgeous George is knocking Brad Pitt around and turning him around, and yeah. just letting himself get thrown around. Mm-hmm. And my one of my favorite shots is he gets thrown against the fence mm. and he gets pushed back. Yeah, and he uses the fence to lay down and like stretch his legs, stretch his knees. Yeah, and then people just pull him, pull over. him back up. Yeah, this is normal. Just yeah, you know, just like ah, he's so confident he can do it. Oh yeah, just fucking one punch. Yeah. Knocks him the fuck out. Do you know how many times I rewound that scene so of the one punch? Just because it's so efficient. Like, he takes the guy, because they're both right-handed people. Right. Gorgeous George goes up with his right hand to make another punch. Brad Pitt swings quick as fuck. Fuck! Yeah. Like lightning fast with the right fist and with his left hand grabs Gorgeous George's arm and pulls him down. Yeah. Like it's quick as fuck, man. Like I'm like, fuck. I'm just thinking about it for like, if I'm ever in a fight, like that shit is amazing. <laughs> That's how you gotta do it. Man. Quick as fuck. <laughs> like, cause I mean, they're totally off balance. You hit him and pull him at the same time. Fuck Brad Pitt. They're gonna fall down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another, the, one, I think my favorite scene, uh, favorite shots in the, the entire movie is Tommy. And they're doing the voiceover, the narration through Jason Statham, mm-hmm. his thoughts. Tommy is sitting there backed into a corner yep. with this entire community of Pikes, you know, wondering if is, is Gorgeous George going to wake up? Is he dead? Because if he is dead, you know, what are we going to do? Just send you about your way and then have them come arrest all yeah, of us? No. Yeah, if, if he's dead, then we're going to go ahead and kill you and bury both of you and then just never heard anything from you. Right. So, like, we're just closely getting zooming in closer and closer on Tommy's face. And you see a tear going down his eye and going down his um, right by his nose. And then narration from um from jason statham's character he was like at this point he should he should damn well be praying and if he's not he fucking should be (laughs) you know it's like that's i love that moment how just nervous as fuck he was like the style the style that you get from every single like scene in this movie is Mm -hmm. undeniably there Mm -hmm. and i fucking love it yeah and, like, my favorite thing is just, like, everything feels unconnected, mm. but everything is absolutely connected. Yep. Because these guys lost Gorgeous George in a fight. Yeah. The pawn shop guys didn't have any money from the bookies because all yep. the bets were off. Yep. Because they didn't get Can the money. Can you not fucking read? All bets <laughs> are off. No, he was like, oh, I'm not here to make a fucking bet, and I appreciate that. <laughs> But all pets are off. I fucking love that lady. That yes. Lady. So hot. Oh, yeah. And also fucking hilarious. She was. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, but because they couldn't get all the money from the bookies, they mm. opened the case. Yep. And then because they opened the case, Boris was just like, hey, what the fuck? And then they said his name, so they killed Frankie Fourfinger. So yeah. now these guys have to deal with a dead body. Mm-hmm. But they've also lost the thing. And because someone's looking for it. For it. For that dummy, yeah. Uh, Boris took it, but then they stole the bookie shop that belongs to Bricktop. Mm. So now Bricktop's looking for them. And then they go like, I can give you an 84 carat diamond. And so they have to go find, find the 84 that. carat diamond. Yeah. And, and, and it's just like a huge clusterfuck of like 
lines that shouldn't connect with each other, but I, they do. I, I love my the the ultimate connector besides the uh, the Pikes. Well, no, it's still it's still connected to the Pikes. Yeah. It's the dog, the yeah. da- the dag. <laughs> you know, you see the the dog at the the beginning of the movie with the uh, with the pawn shop owners, mm-hmm. and they asked him, Where, "Where'd you get the dog?" He was like, "From um, I haggled with some Pikes." So you don't know what he um was selling or was trading, right. but he was like, they threw in a dog. Yeah. You know, he was like, "Oh, they always want to throw in a fucking dog, <laughs> throwing these fucking dogs." And then it was like, while they have the dog, the dog runs away. And then it was like, so he goes to find it. He was like, "Where'd the dog go?" He went back to the Pikes. You know, I don't even know how the fuck he got back there. It was like, what do you mean he went back? Does he have a map or something? I don't know what the fuck, how the fuck, but he got back. So we went to go get him. And then that's the exact same dog that, you know, he, he eats a squeaky toy. He yep. eats the diamond. And at the end of the movie, it saves Jason Statham and Tommy. They're yep. saying they're going off to walk their dog. Because, I mean, these pikeys are just. made it back to the pikey camp at the end of the yeah, movie. Yeah, because the pikeys are just doing this at all times. Yep. You know, they're hustling people. Like, oh, you know, take instead of me giving you this extra $100, how about this dog that I'm just going to get back in a couple of days? Right. <laughs> you know? I'll give you that. So it's like I, I love the the Pikes hustle and the way that they they do things. The whole thing it's all interconnected beautifully. Mm. And then I, I my, one of my favorite moments really is when the time when they have to go uh, back to the Pikey mm. to, for the second fight, mm. and like he doesn't he didn't want to do it. It's like it's like buy me a, a caravan. Yep. And it's just like we wanted to buy a caravan from him. Mm. How the fuck are we buying By a way. caravan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that whole interaction is going like. Listen, we need them to fight, otherwise we're fucked. Yeah. Uh, so and then they bet on the hare and the two dogs. Mm-hmm. I reckon the hare is gonna be fucked. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> we're fucked. <laughs> that that was another amazing like um a scene because the way they were um cross cutting oh, between cool. um the the, the fact Tyrone yeah Tyrone out front getting chased away and the rabbit being chased by the dogs. I mean that was amazing cutting. I like that, that a lot. Was beautiful. And yeah. then there was that was another moment because. The, they did it in a way where they included the car chase, but they also included the, the foot chase in mm. it. So, like, the car chase at the beginning was being intercut with two other people driving. I don't remember mm. who it was. I think it was, like, Sta- I think it was Tatum and Tommy driving to the Pikey camp. Yeah. And then we see the two guys from Brickjob driving to where Tyrone is. Mm. And then once the bed oh, no, starts, yep. then we start, like, intercutting the foot chase and yeah. everything. Yeah. And it's just shot in this, like, amazingly sort of, like, dreamy slow-mo. Mm-hmm. From both the dog's perspective and Tyrone's perspective, yeah, and it's just fucking gorgeous, man. There's there's another uh, scene that I like um, when when they like when you say when they go back to the Pikes the second time about mm-hmm. the caravan, and um, he says something like um, he calls he said well, well I don't I don't think many people are gonna be wanting a uh, caravan from some some old tart yeah. or something like that, and then you get a doom sound effect and then a zoom in and then all of the friends just kind of turn at the same time and look <laughs> close in and they're just waiting for like two seconds staring at him yeah. he was like oh well I didn't I didn't mean to call your mom a tart you know and they was like oh no 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 it's fine it's fine <laughs> everything chills out but it got real, real tense, tense for, a for, for a second there there's uh, a she favors a periwinkle blue <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's. They, I mean, they, there's just some amazing scenes. I mean, it's like some people. I I feel like the, if we showed this film to like a um like a Lon Bumgarner, mm-hmm. then it would come off very cheesy, over right. the top type thing. But it's just like, and it is. But, but it makes it enjoyable. That, he was the guy that recommended Kiss Kiss Bang Bang to me. So oh wow! Be right up his he, alley. Yeah, yeah, very well maybe then. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I can see how this movie can get taken down a few notches because of how over the top it is. Oh, yeah. But that over the topness makes it a very enjoyable movie. It's entertaining through and through. I don't Hells, think that was yeah. a moment of this movie where it's just like I no longer care about this character. No. Oh no. I wanted to see what would happen with Bricktop. And by the way, that scene where Bricktop walks into the shop, into the, the pawn shop, mm. and then like immediately starts threatening people like a fucking badass that he is. Mm. So see, what you do is you shop it up to six pieces, 
and then you sack it all up on you stack it all up into each other mm-hmm. and then you feed them to the pigs. They yeah. go through the fucking bones like butter. You know? I mean, the way that he broke that down, I was thinking about Guy Ritchie breaking that down, you know, <laughs> you know, breaking down the human body and then how much an uh, individual pig of uh, human flesh a pig can eat. And then he, oh, he just keeps breaking it down smaller and smaller to where and then it was like um, then the, the pawn shop guy, he was like, uh, yeah, so what the fuck do you want besides telling me that you feed uh, humans to pigs? <laughs> <laughs> so do you mind telling me who the fuck you are besides a guy that feeds people to pigs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking great <laughs> the, um i think one of my favorite uh, scenes of dialogue came from and just scenes in general came from a uh, bullet tooth tony um now this is going to be a little bit but re- sorry the mm-hmm. bullet tooth tony do you recognize that actor i've seen him in a number of things i couldn't tell I you his real name and where he's from i gotta though. look him up because he's yeah. so familiar he's he's been in those the type of movies that we're talking about yeah. those irish uh train spotting maybe 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 train spotting yeah anyway, he, but on. yeah he's definitely recognizable but uh bluetooth tony he's in the uh, he's in a room by himself it looks like a bar and then the uh, the pawn shop guys are dressing like black mask and they're coming in there to rob him with these replica guns <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they walk in and uh bluetooth tony was like so so you're obviously the, you're obviously the big dick <laughs> The men, the men on the side of you are your balls. Now there are two type of balls. They're big, brave balls, and they're little, mincy, faggot balls. <laughs> now, now dicks have drive and clarity of vision, but they're not clever. They smell pussy and they want a piece of action. And you thought you smelled some good old pussy and brought your two little mincy faggot balls along for a good old time, but <laughs> but but your party's got muddled up. There's no pussy here. Just a dose that'll make you wish you were born a woman. Like a prick, you ha- you're having second thoughts, and you're shrinking, and your two little balls are shrinking with you, and the fact that you've got replica, doom, 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 <laughs> you know, the close-up. editing is so <laughs> yes. good. Written down the side of your gun, and the fact that I've got Desert Eagle 5 and the way that they the look. Yeah, and it's like he tilts the gun to the side, and the guys tilt their head to the side yeah. to look at it, and it was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> on the side of my gun should precipitate your balls into shrinking along with your presence. Now, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They do. Yeah, they will fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> it's just, but like, when, whenever you think, like the real genius of this movie mm. comes from whenever you think that the movie cannot get any more ridiculous, mm. it gets just that little bit more ridiculous. Yeah. And it does it well, and it does it effectively, and does it hilariously. Because they, they set it up. They set they that do. ridiculousness up. Like, I mean, even with the dog eating the damn squeaky toy yep. at the early end of the movie, it was like, no, no, Stash, don't eat that. And he eats a fucking squeaky to- toy hole that coincidentally happens to be almost the exact size as the diamond yep. that he later eats in the movie. Yep. You know, so it's like, when you're saying things just get more crazy and more crazy, it's like, that the, the dog eats the diamond. Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. If that, if that just happens, it's like, that's a crazy thing. But the fact that they set it up just a small amount that we can see that yeah. this is possible like this it's like, All right, he did it before he yeah he can do it again <laughs> uh one of my other favorite scenes is when they're driving around so the the pawn shop guys are following boris who's in the trunk of the new yorker guy mm. and bullet tooth tony and then Jason Stam and, and Tommy are looking for boris okay when they're all looking for each other just kind of driving around in a circle mm. Uh, Jason Statham has this thing where he's drinking milk the entire time All right. uh, of the movie. And, and in this shot, Tommy starts giving him shit about it because like, the human body is not used to that. Digested dairy. Whatever. Yeah. So he throws it out of the window. We hear like a crash uh, outside and we hear Tatum mm-hmm. go, whoops. Yeah. And then we cut to uh, this cocksucker, the New Yorker guy in Bullet Tooth Tony driving. Mm-hmm. 
And then we see that they're having a conversation. And then we see a card in the milk. It's yep. their fucking windshield. <laughs> and then we see the 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 dudes from the pawn shop drive by mm. as that happens. So you know that they're all like really close to each other. Yeah. And everything would have just been better if they had just noticed who they were. Yeah. Or knew who they were yep. at all. Yep. And that lends to the ridiculousness of the movie. And then, uh, then I, with, the, with the crash, then a guy gets out of the trunk with a bag over his head <laughs> and is walking in the middle of the road in the weirdest manner ever. He's just yeah. standing there. He's like, do I go this way? Do I go this <laughs> way? Stand still. Don't move it up. Boom. Ran the fuck over. You know, and and that just, was the black guys in the, in the pawn shop. Yep. And just fucking Ron Boris over. Yep. And then Jason Statham and Tommy are back at the house, and they see Boris come over mm. after the car crash, just fucking mad as fuck, yep. picking up a bloody as shit. Yep. Yeah. They come come over, just swear, punches him in the fucking nuts, <laughs> walks in the house, gets a big ass fucking gun, and walks back out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that setup. That was like ten minutes of just like everything just keeps getting stupider and stupider. What mm-hmm. the fuck is happening? Yeah. And it's fucking phenomenal. I, I love the the scene where um with the the hallway scene to where um the, like the blood the bloody guy I can't remember his name but he had, he he goes and gets the gun and there's a standoff. You got the pawn shop guys at one end of the hall, the guy with the that diamond is, in the middle. It's Boris, uh, the pawn shop, pawn shop guy, and Bullet Tooth Tony, and then the New Yorker guy. Bullet Tooth, yeah, Bullet Tooth is uh he's not in the hallway but yeah. he's a part of the standoff. Right. You know, so so you got you got these people like put the fucking gun down. No, you put your fucking gun down. Oh, okay. Then you got Bullet Tooth Tony hearing all of this and trying to come into the hallway but knowing that it's locked. And what he says was what kind of stamped the movie for me back in the day, I guess, is that pull your socks, pull your socks up. And then I was thinking, I was like, for the longest, I'm like, what the fuck, pull your socks up. But then it's like it's a warning to like a friendly, pull your socks. If if you go through the motion of pulling your socks up, then you wouldn't got sh- getting shot in the chest with a bullet. Right. <laughs> you know, if if you if you duck, like it's just kind of say, hey, get down, yeah. duck. You know, but. Is, that doesn't mean that to the pawn shop people or anybody else that isn't familiar with the way that he speaks. And that is set up in his in the introduction to him. He's talking and the guy's like, um, well, don't, don't you speak fucking English? Didn't uh, England birth the fucking language you can't speak fucking English? He was like, he got blogged. What do you mean? Blogged, robbed, same thing. You know, so it's like, <laughs> if you don't understand the way that he's speaking, then that means nothing to you and nope. you're dead. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then there was another joke that made me laugh with Boris. Because when they finally find out that Boris is the one that took the diamond, mm. uh, and Bullet Tooth Tony and the New Yorker guy are searching for him, yeah. Avi is his name, uh, <laughs> they go, like, Bullet Dodger? Boris the call him that? No, it's uh, B- Boris the Blade, as in Boris the Bullet Dodger. Why do they call him the Bullet Dodger? Because he dodged his bullets, Davy. <laughs> <laughs> like, then, but then they set up that joke, he dodges bullets, and then mm. back in the hallway... He shot him, mm-hmm. and then Tony wastes like an entire clip just shooting him. Yep. And then the guy still keeps talking, but we never cut no, back. see him to again, him. no. It's always on Tony, like trying to interrogate Tyrone. Yeah. And then we see him talking, like, ah, fuck you. And he just shoots him. <laughs> he's just like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Can't kill him. He's, like, he's dodging all the bullets. So <laughs> fucking funny. Yeah. Don't even show him over in the corner, yeah. you know, but you realize, like, why is he still shooting? Oh, because he's a bullet dodger. Yeah, he's dodging bullets. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And that, yeah. that was honestly one of the hardest I laughed in that movie, mm. that fucking scene. Yeah. I fucking loved it. No, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. all around. Like, is, there's, there's nothing, there's not a dull moment in no, the movie. No, there really isn't. And it's an hour and 42 minutes. 44, movie. yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's just like, you, from like mom, beginning to end, it's just like, you know exactly what you're getting, what you're doing it. And then, but anyway, so at this point, Boris, the pawn shop guys, Jason, Sam, and Tommy are interlinked, looking for each other. Yep. Uh, so they have to go back 
because the, the the pikey didn't drop the fight like mm. the the fight when he should have. Yeah. Uh, Bricked up wants to use him for the next fight. Yep. And he burns down his mother's caravan because he wouldn't do the fight with his mother in it. With his mother in it. Mm. And then you know the pikey's pissed oh, at yeah. this. Yeah. But Jason Statham goes to recruit him and she's like, now I am. His mother's still smoking with us. Mm. And uh, I'm asking them to fight again. That's, but that, I believe that's what ultimately saved their lives. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the fact that they just realized that you two fucking pissant knuckleheads are here after my mother died. So you really need something from me. And if you did this, you wouldn't have the you fucking minerals <laughs> to show up and, and face a person who damn near killed your friend Gorgeous George or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know what this is. So you're like, you're, you didn't do this. Right. And that, that was a and, and that was a line. It was like, I'm sorry, Mickey. Mm. And then he goes like, Did you do it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah just <laughs> ask me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> just yeah, like a stupid accident. Yeah, that's real shit. It's like, did you do it? And like, no, you didn't do it. Then what are you sorry for? Like, what? Right. Yeah, yeah. And then, but like from that point on, you kind of like even as an audience member, you go like, Ah, he took that out very likely because they keep setting up. Yep. That he cares about his mom so much. The yeah. entire reason he did the fights is so he for could take mom. care of his mom. Yeah. And they tried to give him $10,000 initially. Yep. He was like, nope, don't even want the $10,000. <laughs> I'll do it for a caravan. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Not for me, for my ma. For me, ma. <laughs> yeah, what? For me, ma. His ma. And then they pass around a picture. It's like, oh, your ma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was one other point where we were negotiating the second caravan mm. right before the hair. They said at the beginning of the movie that the pikeys had a way. Maybe they talked that way so that people couldn't keep track of what was happening during negotiations. Mm -hmm. And then they show that when Mickey said something to Statham. And it was just like, what the fuck did he say? Yeah, he's like, did you get that? Yeah, I got you perfectly uh, clear. Do you, do you mind if I just uh, talk to my, my guy for a minute here? <laughs> I can confer with my partner real quick. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any idea what the fuck that man has just said? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hell no. Mm -mm. So fucking funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then the setup is that there's, there's another fight. And Mickey has to do this fight, because otherwise they're going to, like, you know... They're going to kill his family. They're going to come burn down the whole village and all the trailers. Like, they're going to destroy everything. And this time, he's saying that, this time I'm serious. You drop in the fourth, in the fucking fourth. Can your guy even understand that what we're saying? You know, <laughs> it's like, he, he's like, Brad Pitt's character, don't give no fucks nah. about any of that. Like, no, you can't control the guy. And it seems as if, like, he's going to take the fall this time. You know, right. in, in this fight, it looks like he's going to. He gets to the fourth round. He gets knocked down, gets back up, and gets to the fourth round. And Jason Statham tells him, just for anything you do, for fuck's sake, just don't knock him out. That's all right. you have to do. Just don't knock him out. You know, we're good. You know, but unfortunately, like, Brad Pitt takes a number of more punches, and the more you punch him, then the more he's just going to get angry and fuck you up. Which is a really good setup for, like, the shot where he gets knocked out, like, uppercutted, mm -hmm. which was a beautiful oh, shot. Oh, yeah. That, and, oh, real quick, I feel like that is the, um, if, if Jordan Peele didn't use that for inspiration for the sunken place, then I'm a fucking monkey's uncle. <laughs> You know, like like it, it does look like it a lot. Like, like straight up, I'm like I'm not I'm not saying that that's what a direct bite, but it's just like from being and it's and it's no correlation of what the sunking place is mm -hmm. that much kind of because you're just knocked out, you're away, you're under, mm -hmm. and it's just like his ball body falls in a slow motion through the mat and into water and just begins sinking further and further. So pretty. Oh. But not only that, but like the shot of the uppercut itself. Mm, yeah. Like, Guy Ritchie does something with the camera where he has a lot of grainy texture mm. as soon as the punch lands. Yeah. And it just moves very slowly. Oh, yeah. It's levitating. Yeah. It just looks absolutely fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And then that shot, and then all you see is, like, the Brad Pitt in the, the water, like, 
floating back, and the next thing you see, he's just like, punched, knocking yeah. out. Yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck, this guy just went like Super Saiyan on all yeah. these bitches. Yeah. And, and then that leads to the fact that, oh, fuck, he knocked him out. So now they got to go. Bricktop has to go uh, find Jason Statham. And then they're walking inside the club, and they, they run into Bricktop, and then Mickey... Uh, Tommy and Statham are standing on one side, mm-hmm. and then Brecht up and his other two goons are standing on the other side. And there's a freeze frame, and Jason Statham's like, "You know that moment when you know you're supposed to do something, mm-hmm. but you don't because you're scared and you fucking freeze and you mm-hmm. make a stupid face." Mickey didn't have a face. You never. <laughs> and this is why. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. they go through the motions of explaining that the Pikes were all set up in the in the in the camp to like take out the goonies that Brecht up had. Mm-hmm. And then the two dudes in the car were actually pikeys that yep. were going to shoot bricked up in the face. Mm-hmm. So then they just killed everybody. All the pikeys just killed everybody that was a threat. Yep. And then the dogs still running around with the diamond. Yeah. Which you totally forget about for like 15 Again. minutes. Yeah. And then, the, uh, and then Mickey just walks away. And then all we hear is just like, and then I probably realized that this is Mickey was putting bets on himself. On himself. And that's why he never went down. Yeah. And so we were all packing up while he was out here cleaning up. Mm-hmm. And then Mickey just fucking rides off, not a fucking care in the world. Nope. And then the next day, the gyps, the Pikey caravan is gone. Yep. Just fucking it's gone. It's gone. They're all gone. And that's where it finally ties up at the end of the dog, the the, the, the Pikey dog. Lost, yeah. Just comes running back to the Pikey camp. Mm-hmm. And that saves Statham and Tommy from the cops. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm just walking my dog. And then, <laughs> they, they asked him, it's like, uh, so what are you doing here? Uh, just taking the dog for a walk. What's the problem? Uh, what's in the car? Uh, seats and a steering wheel? wheel? <laughs> 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 what in the car? Such a fucking great line. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then they take the dog back. And then Tommy persuaded me to keep the dog. And mm-hmm. they found a have an, an undigested shoe, mm-hmm. a squeaky toy, toy. and an 84-carat diamond. Yeah. And then that takes us back to the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. With Jason Sandman and Tommy sitting in the chair, and they go like, "So you know anyone who's interested?" And it's the fucking Jewish guy that was looking for the diamond, diamond the in the first place. Time. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I know somebody I know, that might be interested. Somebody. Yeah, he calls Avi, and then we have that same it's editing show where he takes the pill and that's brilliant too. Yeah, and then they pass the passport, and yep. then just the end. Yeah, you have anything to declare? Yeah, don't go to England. <laughs> <laughs> I love those uh, those fast edit like the hip hop oh, yeah. montage. Like that's it's very heavily used through this movie, and I mean that's just one of my favorite cuts in general. And it's in this great. movie that work amazingly well. Hell's yeah, the first one. Was fucking spectacular. Which one was that? Uh, when Avi's in New York, and they go like, "I'm going to fucking London." Oh, and the next scene, they show him in front of him. Yeah, <laughs> and doom, then they doom, do doom, that quick doom. cut. He takes mm-hmm. the plane, the jet flies, and then Avi, shut the fuck up, you bald fuck. Yeah, and then they show it like in front. It's so fucking. Now, good. the only question I had with that, and I was, um, I didn't finish doing the research on it before I got here. Now, I'm assuming the quickest play, quickest way to London from the United States, where would that be? Like New York. From New, so, yeah. New York to London. So say he's in the closest distance and he's in New York going to London and the guy is saying that Frankie Fourfingers is going to a fight today and he's going to be here later on today. Right. And so the guy gets on the plane, goes to London. Like, how long is that fucking fight? You know, because when he gets it's there... Like 12 to 14 hours. But remember, that there's also like time lag issues. You know? that, that's, that was, that's what I was wondering because I'm like, if you are on a plane for like 12 to 14 hours and then you get there and then how are you still going to go see a fight that happened... You know what I'm saying? Right. 14 but hours prior. There's also a really quick answer. Is that Guy Ritchie didn't care about that because he liked the funny of the plane. No, no, no. no, <laughs> no yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it doesn't so, connect. That's the only like, loose end that I'm, I'm pulling on. Yeah. You know, but I'm just like, but yeah, it's still a great movie. Yeah, because you get it for the funnies. And like, mm. that little bit, it's just like, you know what? It doesn't make sense, but it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's the only thing that narratively doesn't fit. 
I, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, it's, it's such a great experience of a movie oh, yeah. that is just like not it, – it would lessen my experience to nitpick it to death, no, I yeah. feel like. No, I mean, th- there's not a lot that – like this movie is as far as like those classic Brit – you know, crime thriller movies come. Mm. I mean, it's right up there with train spotting. It's right up there with pretty much like I would be surprised if Guy Ritchie didn't inspire Edgar Wright editing in some way or another. See you know? mm. Like they they feel very linked together, that train spotting, that Edgar Wright kind of cutting, that mm. in Bruges style dialogue. Everything yeah. just kind of coalesces. And I don't know, maybe it's a Brit thing, but I think Yeah, they just have a different way of it, yeah. Yeah, the, the fucking sense of humor is phenomenal. Oh I, yeah, I, I love, I love this movie as much as I loved, uh, you know, Train Spotting mm. and in Bruges and mm. Seven Psychopaths. You know, yeah. like it's just on that tier of it's movies. Up your alley, yeah, yeah. It is right up my fucking alley. Oh yeah, and it's fucking great. It <laughs> is. So uh, I mean, I think that's it. That's all I want to say about the movie. It's yeah. just it's just a phenomenal feat of writing, mm. directing, really well thought out editing. And fantastic, over-the-top acting. It is. That is all grounded together because you have one straight guy in Jason Statham's character. And Tommy, but and yeah, Tommy. he's not featured that much, yeah. Right, but Jason Statham's the one that sort of narrates mm-hmm. everything that's happening, so mm-hmm. he's kind of like the point-of-view character. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the fact that it's an ensemble cast, you need that point-of-view character. Yeah, oh yeah. And I think Jason Statham nailed it, and everyone did their job as a performer. Great performance. The guy that played Avi was fucking <coughs> hilarious. Oh, yeah. I fucking loved it, so yeah. it was great. Oh, yeah. Uh, what would you give this movie? Uh, eight. Eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to give it, I'm going to, and Bruges is still my favorite movie. That mm. still gets my nine, mm. but 8.5 for Snatch. Mm. I mean, it's it's fucking right up there. It's man. a good movie. It is a phenomenal movie. I loved yeah. every second of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. If I if I have to go just like from what I enjoy, then it's higher than an eight for right, me. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, yeah, no, that's my rating of like, just like what I enjoy, like, not like in Bruges is a nine in my book. Like for enjoyment, it's a, it's yeah. a nine for me. It's like Even for technicality, like I loved everything that this movie did in terms of like editing. You know, like oh yeah, I, yeah. I had a really good, like if I were to nitpick this entire movie, this entire style yeah. of editing, uh, which is you know very a chronological kind of like disregarding time and mm-hmm. you know just very backwards. The the movies that start when a moment and then they flash back to the entire movie and then circle back to that moment. Yeah. It's a very specific editing style that has to be done really properly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, things start to not make sense. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, technicality-wise, for me, this movie gets like a solid 8. Mm. 8.5. Like, I, I don't think I can find any way that I... I, ca- I don't think I can find anything in this movie that I just want, like... Someone could have done that better uh, for, like, what they were going for in this movie. Oh, yeah, for what they were going for, yeah, no, huh? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a solid... It's an 8.5 for me. Okay. Fuck yeah. Snatch, it's a, it's a good fucking movie. No, yeah, watch watch Snatch. If you haven't seen Snatch, see that. If you haven't seen anything from Guy Ritchie, watch anything from Guy Ritchie between the year 2000 and 2008. Yep. Fucking phenomenal. Stop like after dogs. that, though. Stop <laughs> after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like dogs. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're going to cut and go to the closing. It's fucking bad. Uh, television and movie premieres, not closing and movie premieres like I've been saying for the past three weeks. Like for the past two years. See, uh, <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> uh, so uh, television and movie premieres, it's uh, for Tuesday, March the 27th through Monday, April the 2nd. Uh, the first one, and this is a short week once again for television. Uh, the first one's going to be Tuesday, March the 27th. It's Roseanne. It's a comedy on ABC That's at 8 p.m. Uh, yeah, it's coming back, and they're bringing back all the original cast. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Is yeah. he one of those guys in, like, 
The did? fucking no. no, no, like uh oh, you're talking about on uh, the guy from the Big Bang Theory? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was uh, he played Darlene's boyfriend, right? And I'm assuming he'll be reprising his role, but he wasn't a main character until okay. like late in Roseanne's show. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm not gonna watch this unless it stays around for like two or three seasons. But I love Roseanne Barr as a uh, comedic actor and as a comedian. I love. Um, a guy that I can't think of his name, so do I love him? John Goodman? There we go. <laughs> John Goodman. <laughs> I love John Goodman. Loved him back then. Loved him in all the movies that he did. Loved him in the movie, uh, the um, Corn Brothers. Um, what was the Corn Brothers? Uh, Hot Soccer Proxy. Nah. No. No. Uh, it's Barton Fink. Barton Fink. Loved him in Barton Fink. I mean, um, and the, the Cloverfield uh, thing, too. I mean, Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, John Goodman is amazing. So, I mean, they have really good actors, and they it looks like they have a really good script, but it's... Probably this, not. One, this, this second was the one that I would sit down and watch pretty Roseanne? religiously. Oh, the, uh, the, the first running of it? Yeah, the first running. The oh, first wow. Run of it. I used to watch it quite a bit. Huh. Not in order, but I would sit, because I used to play reruns yeah. back in Nickelodeon, like late at night. Oh, yeah. So I would watch a shitload of it. <laughs> I didn't. I wouldn't think you would get into something like that. Well, I, I liked the, the the comedy was not that. No, it was, it was good. It was pretty dark comedy mm-hmm. like, for, for a sitcom. I was just saying like the um the culture of it, because like, from where you were as a child and then where they are is just like those are like the bootleg oh, yeah. like very very poor like people and i would wonder if like you would be able to relate to you know you know what i'm saying yeah i think i was able to to relate just because i didn't know anything i started watching when i was pretty young mm. so like i've never you know felt out of place with the culture okay that they're showing i just wasn't american and yeah. like sort of poor i was just puerto yeah. rican and sort of middle class okay you know so it's still pretty like an easy oh okay like an yeah. easy fish to reel yeah, yeah. Middle class feels like rich to me, I guess. <laughs> well, the thing is that there used to be a middle class. There used I to was be, a kid. yeah. Not no uh, more. Now there ain't. <laughs> no, not no more. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. So like we we were well off, but we yeah. weren't by any means like wealthy. Like the, the the like for for like the the super poor people, like we looked at the middle class. The middle class people, they still had to like interact in some like have some interaction with poor people. Right. Sometimes like they were still we would still see middle class people at grocery stores or mm-hmm. like stuff like that. But the actual wealthy people, you never see them. No. So they don't even exist to to yeah. me as a poor person <laughs> at the time. So anybody that was like middle class, like you could afford like video games and if you might have a basketball court out front of your house or right. like things like that. It was like mm-hmm. those are the rich. Fuckers! Like, what are you? What are y'all doing in the house? You know? <laughs> yeah, we were like, kind of like the middle point of like that rich guy that you're describing. Did, did y'all have a swimming pool? No. Okay, we are in no. the middle. In we, the middle were in, we were like right in the, okay, all right. In the fucking middle. I'm not, I'm not that. Upper middle class is the cocksuckers with the pool. Yeah, you got a, you got the yeah. pool at upper middle I had class. A couple of, I had a couple of friends that were upper middle class. No, okay. So, but all right. I was, I was right in the... I was hanging out with... You know, the, the poor kids, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, I feel you. I'm not, not as jealous as your, of your childhood anymore now that you don't no. didn't have a pool. I did play a lot of Pokemon. Could afford a lot of Pokemon games. That's about it. I had some Pokemon cards. Yeah. That was cool. Oh, Pokemon cards were shit. I had a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, man. Yu-Gi-Oh, hell yeah. Your oh, move, man. <laughs> your move. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah. We rocked them shits. 2002, 2003, oh, we were so on fucking man. Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, but that's, that's Roseanne. I cards in my deck. <laughs> uh, that's Tuesday, March twenty seventh. Is Roseanne? Uh, the next thing is going to be the exact same day. It's a show called Splitting Up. It's on ABC at nine thirty p.m. It's a comedy. Uh, the rom com stars Jenna Fisher and Oliver Hudson. Oliver Hudson. I don't know who that is. As a couple whose divorce winds up relighting their relationship, uh, reigniting their relationship. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres is among the producers. Um, so this is a Jenna Fisher television show. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Jenna Fisher, but I don't like rom coms. So. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of rom-coms, but not on basic 
television. So yeah. if it's on ABC, CBS, or NBC, I'm probably not going to check you out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that's Jenna Fisher. I mean, but there's, a, there's a exceptions. Was um, like The Office and Parks, Parks and Recreation. Yeah, but The Office and, wasn't a rom-com. No, it wasn't a rom-com. No, those it was a comedy. Those were those straight rom-coms. comedies. Yeah. And it's, uh, what I'm saying is just like basically if you're on NBC, ABC, CBS, any of those platforms, you really have to be best of the best and like right. I don't care what you're doing for me to check you out because I automatically assume anything on regular television is shit yeah. you know that's just my first assumption you know so a lot of times you're right I mean yeah yeah, yeah. And then, until I'm proved wrong and then stuff like um, The Good Place which is on NBC but it's actually good enough to watch it's tolerable good. you know <laughs> you know that's something that's on regular television yep. but that, there's that but um, that's splitting up together that's Tuesday March the 27th uh, the next show is going to be Friday, March the 30th. Uh, this is a documentary slash music musical. It's uh, called Rapture on Netflix. Uh, the eight-part series. Part, wait, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. Have you said documentary? It musical? says documentary slash music. So I'm guessing it's a documentary oh, okay. focusing on music. Okay. I thought you said so music as, hall, Yeah, yeah. That, like, someone singing a documentary? What the fuck is happening? Like, I would be, like to see that, yeah. That would be pretty kind of awesome, though, yeah. <laughs> Just thinking about that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but a documentary that focuses on music. Uh, the eight-part series from Mass Appeal focuses on the lives of hip-hop stars Nas, T.I., 2 Chains, Logic, G-Eazy, and more. Okay. Uh, so that'll be on Friday, March the 30th. Hadn't heard anything about it, but I mean, I recognize the name. Can I so. just say that 2 Chain is Two Chains. the author of one of my favorite rap lines of all time? Our, yeah, um, the uh, Forrest Whitaker line, yes. No, that's ludicrous. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. oh, we got a new one. All right. 2 Chains is... Uh, she got a big booty, oh. so I call her Big Booty. Yes. And he's got two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pussy So Good mm-hmm. bought her a pet. <laughs> but what? Bought her a pet. Pussy So Good bought her what? Bought her a pet. Bought her a pet. You know, Pussy So Good bought her a pet. You know, like, like do you know what I'm saying? Pussy So Good, I bought, I bought her a pet? Yeah, like a pet, like an animal. Pussy So Good, I oh. bought her a pet. Okay. And it's just like, it, I, that makes me lie. That makes me laugh really hard. Because I imagine, like, him after a one night saying, he's like, I gotta get this bitch a cat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can see that, yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever heard of that line before, but yeah, I, that is kind of funny, yeah. I don't know what song it's from. I yeah. just know that line. Pussy's so good, but it her pet. Pussy's so good, and, I bought her a pet. Uh, she got a big booty. So I call so it I big call booty. Her big booty. Yeah, that's that's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I, pretty I like straightforward, that line. Yeah. I like that line. Sure there. Fucking Two Chains is hilarious. Yes. Have I, you seen his show in YouTube course. where he, like, Expensive as shit. <laughs> Most expensive as shit. Yes. I fucking love that shit. Hell yeah, man. I was uh, talk, talking about it on the show a few weeks ago. He he went on there and had the most expensive cats. There were fifteen thousand yeah. and twenty thousand dollar kittens. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? But yeah, man, he's he's pretty awesome. I like he's him. Fucking, I like two chains. But that's uh that's Friday, March the thirtieth on Netflix. So check that out. Uh, the last thing for television is a show that's been coming on. It's for the longest, Trailer Park Boys. Oh, yeah. I, I like Trailer Park Boys. Tra- really funny. Trailer Park Boys, they have about 20 seasons of the exact same show yep. for 20 seasons. So it's like nothing really changes. And like two seasons ago, they brought in Tom Arnold and Snoop Dogg for a season. <laughs> and that's the only time something changed in like 20 seasons. But for some reason, I'm still watching it. They're fucking <laughs> funny, dude. Yeah. They really are fucking funny. It, it, uh, that's a nice fucking kitty right there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> kitty. Oh. Yeah, Bubbles is awesome. I fucking love it. Yeah. 
uh, my girlfriend hates that I'm still watching that. She's like, you, this is the same episode. You're watching the same episode <laughs> over and over. Yeah, because <laughs> nothing ever happens differently. It's the same shit. Bubbles talks about kitties. Fucking one of the guys just walks around drinking, and Ricky, you know, Fuck just gets into trouble. Yeah. yeah, you know, so it's like, it's the same show, but it's like, I enjoy it. It's kind of like your forensic file thing. Yep. You turn it on, it stares at you while you go to sleep. Yep, you know, much. so it's like, that's, I still, I still do that. But that's Trailer Park Boys, Friday, March the 30th. Um, that's it for television, and we only have two movies uh, coming up. Uh, the first one is Outside In. Uh, it's a 109-minute runtime. It's a drama from Lynn Shelton starring Edie Falco, Jay Duplass, and Ben Schwartz. Jay Duplass? Is that uh, the other half of the Duplass brothers? Yeah, this one. Mark, uh, okay. Yeah, Mark and Jay Duplass, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, an ex-con struggling to readjust to life in his small town forms an intense bond with his former high school teacher. Um, just because of the actors in this, and it has a 77 meta score already, um, this is something I may check out. Jay Duplass is awesome. Edie Falco is awesome. Ben Schwartz is awesome. I, I mean, recognize none of those names apart from Jay Duplass. Uh, Edie, Edie Falco. I don't even know what Jay Duplass looks like. Oh, well, yeah. Um, Edie Falco, she was on a show called Nurse Jackie. <laughs> Uh, okay, she, I recognize her now. Yeah, yeah I've, I've seen Nurse Jackie. She, yeah, she's 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 been around. Like, yeah, she she's awesome. One of my favorite actresses out there. But that is uh, outside in. Uh, that's coming out this weekend. So if you're at the movie theaters, maybe check that out. But the main movie that everyone has been talking about for the past month and has been on all kind of commercials and everything is yeah. Ready Player One. It's a PG-13 movie with a 140 minute runtime. Listed as an action adventure sci-fi film, has a 64 meta score currently. Uh, the rundown is... That's a lot worse than I thought. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been hearing good things about yeah. it. Ooh, really? Yeah. Um, but uh, the rundown is, when the creator of a virtual reality world called The Oasis dies, he releases a video in which he challenges all Oasis users to find his Easter egg, which will give the finder his fortune. It's directed by Steven Spielberg. It stars Olivia Cook, uh, Lena Waithe, and two other characters that I can't remember their names. So, yeah, that's that. I, uh, I'm so glad that I've been an absolute hipster about this movie the entire mm. time. <laughs> the what, what, what do you mean? Because the whole time, I've not been on board with this movie the whole time I've okay. announced. I've, I saw it, and I just went, like, that's just going to be, like, a reference jerk-off, and it's mm. not going to be great. Uh, uh, so, I, I mean, it's kind of 64. It could still be good. It yeah. is one of those movies that has the potential to be, like, overly criticized for being, like, a summer blockbuster. Oh, yeah. And it's Spielberg, so like I get it. I get mm -hmm. why that score might not reflect on the quality of the movie, mm -hmm. but also I'm glad that I haven't been sucking this movie's dick. Oh yeah, because I kind of be I kind of know what to expect mm -hmm. about this movie. Now. Yep. And uh, so to anyone that was really excited about this movie and went to watch it, taper your expectations. Uh, fucking told you. Well, they, the movie hasn't come out yet, yeah. but but yeah. but, tape, but but if you had, like Jonathan, he was here a couple of weeks ago. He was reading the book in anticipation for it. Uh, there's a number of people that are preparing by rereading the book, getting right. ready for this movie. And I tried to tell Jonathan on the episode that will be released uh, in the future mm -hmm. that separate yourself from that book yeah. completely. I mean, the book is is good enough, but the same thing like when Ender's Game came out, you're not going to get that on the movie screen. Same thing with the Infinity Gauntlet, you're not going to get that with Infinity Wars. You know, it's going to be a lot different. So from yeah. from one, readers, tape, taper your expectations away from the book. Number two is Steven Spielberg. We know what kind of movie he gives us, like the, the, the mm -hmm. family-friendly, summer blockbuster, okay, very innocuous type of film. And that, maybe that's just not my type of film. Like, I mean, that's I mean, just the type of film that I just cannot... No, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, it's understandable. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, it's like, that, though he, he, he makes movies that, that uh, make money, yeah. you know, and then that's, that's what this movie is going to do. It's going to make a lot of money. It's going to entertain a family, and, you know, if 
There you go. It's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like it's science fiction, it's gamey, but it's trying to bring in a family audience. Yeah. So, I mean, you could bring your kid, you could bring your sister, you could bring your mom, you could bring anyone to this movie. You know, I'll watch it at home. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess that sums it up. That's that. <laughs> that's that. Uh, I think that's it for today's episode. Hey. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can find us on Twitter at underscore FFS Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the FFS Podcast. And you can find us on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music app under the name for film's sake. My personal Twitter handle is at Brian Achilla. I'm at T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. hey. And that's it for today's episode. We will see you next week. Take it easy, guys. Boop. Yeah.